This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe, talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, um, a pretty entertaining weekend, boys, from a Dons perspective. Uh, Ross, I saw you, as well, I saw you brought the bubbly for the Dons on a Saturday. So uh, let us know a bit about that and how your, how your weekend went in general. Yeah, it went really well, thanks. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, fine. It was um, say, pretty chill watching Dons, well, coast past Winden, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, apart from that, it was all right. Um, Joe, how about yourself? How was your weekend? Yeah, all good, all good. Uh, yeah, it's. I think um, when when there's a game like that, you, you struggle not to enjoy your weekend. So, yeah, just uh, it made it nice and uh, it's nice and pleasant when uh, there's nothing to moan about, really. Yeah, if only every weekend could be like that, hey, that would be uh, much appreciated. Okay, um, well, some important news from two fronts to address, first of all. Um, firstly, regarding the social media boycott. Um, so as a podcast, uh, we uniting with the rest of football uh, alongside the club uh, and the support association uh, for social media boycott from 3pm on Friday the 30th of April to 11.59pm on the Monday 3rd of May. This is in response to the ongoing and sustained discriminatory abuse received online by players and many of us connected to football. Um, you know, this progress was requested back in February of this year regarding action on certain posts and verification and these are being reiterated uh, by the football world and it's not been addressed effectively enough essentially which is hence why this is happening. Um, the boycott is a proactive step to working towards what not only football should be striving for but the whole of society in eradicating discriminatory abuse and we want to be a part of that. Um, and I, I know some people don't necessarily agree with its effectiveness, but I feel it's a really important message to be behind. And if we can do anything t- to help that cause, um, then we feel we should be part of that, definitely. So that's why we're doing it, essentially. Um, so sorry we can't be there this weekend for you, but hopefully this podcast will be enough to uh, keep you going until we're back on Tuesday. Uh, also, news that we announced uh, the other day is that we are doing our own awards show at uh, the MK1 Awards for the season just gone or just about to commence anyway. Um, 
so yeah, we'll be hosting an awards show and it'll be featuring typical awards, but we'll have our own little spin on it regarding some of our own awards that we've nominated ourselves. Uh, so there'll be some more details on that kind of very shortly in the coming days, probably after the weekend, after the uh, social media boycott. So keep your eyes on our socials and uh, yeah, we're very keen to get you guys involved. So keep an eye on that. Okay, so get into the Swindon game. Um, five nil win at home. Uh, to be honest, it was really comfortable. Um, obviously, Will Grigg breaking more records for the Dons, getting his four goals, the first ever Dons player to score four goals in the game. Um, it didn't get in some some people's teams of the week, which is quite surprising. Um, but he got the most of them. Uh, Asia Scott Fraser had an excellent game. Um, yeah, it's really really comfortable game. Again, a bit like the uh, Bristol Rovers match for me. It was kind of like just looking up to the screen and seeing Don's got the ball um, and not really worrying about what was going on at the other end of the pitch because Swindon weren't very good. Um, so I'll pass it over to Ross to get his thoughts on the game. So, um, Ross, what do you think of the 5-0 win on Saturday? As you say, Liam, it was a routine win against a poor Swindon side. And going into that game, we thought that we were going to see some fight from the Swindon side, considering they needed to win to uh, stay up. And... I felt like they, they showed absolutely nothing. And I was quite disappointed because of it would have made it a very entertaining game um, end-to-end. And as you say, it's it was comfortable. And I think it just shows through Swindon having no shots on target. You've got to give credit to us because of we could have easily been 3-4 up, uh, took our foot off gas and eased up. Um, but no, we kept the intensity um, for the full 90 and it showed um, to the final whistle. But as you say, I'm made up for Grigg because of uh, recently he hasn't had the role of uh, luck of the dice. And um, I do believe um, he is a nuisance up top when he does get a chance in the box. So um, overall, I'm gutted that the season's ending early, but... Um, it's momentum going into next season. Let's look at the positives. Yeah, I think everybody's a little bit, isn't aren't we? Because obviously we're playing, we're playing so well these past three games, and yes, we've not played the you know the best teams in the league, but you can only beat what's put in front of you. And um, yeah, I'm I'm sure Joe echoes your thoughts on Will Grigg in terms of you know four shots, four goals. Can't ask so much more than that, can you, Joe? To be honest, regarding Grigg. No, no, it's been it's been weird from with Grigg because there's been a couple of games where. You know, we've mentioned, yeah, he's been, he's been a little bit isolated up top. Um, and then there's a couple of games where, you know, he is actually, he's had really good games, but he's just not had the chances. And I thought that he didn't really have to do much link-up play. To, you know, he's had a couple of games this um, recently where he's been really good linking up the play. But I thought this game, he didn't really need to do that because Swindon was so crap. Um, I mean, I thought we were great, but it really does help when you've got a team much obliging in the form of Swindon, who... Oh, God. I'd never see. I think Scott Fraser must have had so much fun that game. I've never seen him have so much space to turn and run into every time he got the ball. It was unbelievable, quite frankly. And I did mention that, you know, if they're sticking with this 4 4 2, I can see us slicing through them like, like a hot knife through butter. And that certainly was the case. And um, yeah, in, in terms of Will Grigg, he, he just. He just stayed in the box. And if you stay in the box, you get men in the box. You're going to have chances fall to you. And um, yeah, it, it, I, I think I'd love to know the combined distance of his goals because it can't have been more than sort of 20 yards or so um, for all four goals. You know, it, it was that's what you want uh, when, when you're able, when you've got players that are 
able to create those chances. That's exactly what you want. Um, and but yeah, you know, we mentioned Bristol Rovers. We we saw another side of his game where he was coming deep. And he didn't have loads and loads of chances, but he was coming deep, linking the play well. So, yeah, really good to see a bit of both in, in, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it only builds his case for potentially coming back to the club next season, depending on various factors. Um, of course, as I mentioned a few times, the club's been very public and wanting him back. So uh, hopefully all sides can work out a deal. That's uh, works out for everyone. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a hefty price from Sunderland's end in terms of what they want for him, considering the money... They've invested in him already. Um, so, yeah, we should see what happens there. I mean, Joe, you mentioned about how how bad Sunderland, uh, Sunderland were, uh, Sunderland were, sorry. Um, yeah, it was such a strange setup because there's early on it's mentioned about their high line, but for some reason it, it just lacked any sort of aggressiveness. There was no pressing. It was like they were just set up a certain way and just didn't really care. Um, and this sort of set to defeat from minute one. Um yeah, it was. I think it was the worst. It was the worst team I've seen this season in terms of performance. And it was the strangest setup as well. And Ross, I don't know what you thought of that Swindon setup initially, because to me, it's just, it's just baffling. Well, I thought um, in the first couple of minutes, I thought Swindon will be up for this. Um, they'll try, as you say, Liam, press high, press as high, um, forces into errors, and then kind of like bounce off that. But it was the completely opposite, as you say, and. It felt like they just couldn't be asked as such, um, chasing chasing the ball around. And at times, well, for the majority of the game, players were walking for them and um, walking on the pitch for them. And it just shows, um, just shows where where they are really. And if you're going to be fighting out of relegation, I, I know uh, AFC, um, they, they look like the safety and. Yeah, fair enough. In the last five, five, six games, they've picked up results and that's just down to a bit of fight. Yes, I have to bite my tongue when I say that because it's a kick in the teeth. But yeah, you've got to give them credit at the end of the day and Swindon have to look at that that sort of side and realise if they're going to get out, get out of that sort of relegation battle, they've got to show some heart and uh, desire. But I feel like in recent weeks, the Bristol Rovers performance and the Swindon performance were two completely different performances. And I just wanted to highlight this because of in the Bristol Rovers game, Bristol Rovers, we made them look look bad in my eyes. This Swindon side, they just didn't turn up. And there were two different performances there. And I just I just wanted to highlight that because of fans were slating Bristol were played awful. Yes, they didn't play great, but we made them not play great. So you've got to look at the perspective of this and uh, realise we're making teams look bad instead of them actually being bad. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I suppose regarding that, it's um, good to know, Joe, that we can catalyse on teams, you know, just giving us goals and free points when, you know, that the opportunity is there because maybe earlier on in the season we weren't doing that particularly. Yeah, and I think one thing that's always been good this season is our record against the, the lower half bottom teams um i don't think i think i think it's up, um like 15th and below we haven't lost a game to any of those teams i think I that's off the top of my head we, I, we lost to shrewsbury didn't we but you know we, we're always we, we 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 rarely throw in a stinker and if we have it's been games like lincoln or peterborough when Actually, when you look at it, well, Lincoln scored with every shot on target they had, and Peterborough they um, 
they, I think they scored for every shot on target they had. I think they had like five or six shots and ended up scoring three. So I think it's, you know, in terms of just effort, desire, those sort of things that Ross is mentioning, you know, we, you've rarely seen them go miss from us all season. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons why, as as the type of, you know, it, it's really pleasing that the results are starting to come as a result of this. And, and um, it's just testament to the players, I think. And it's, it's a, a shift in mentality as well, um, as Ross said. Yeah, I think the term we used a few episodes ago was there's no luxury players in that squad, which can't be said for every team in League One. Um, particularly, you know, I know the Lincoln guys mentioned it a fair bit with their squad. So, um, yeah, that, that's always a good sign heading into the future. And if that group mentality can stay the same and it can't be infiltrated by any new players coming into the club, uh, then, yeah, we're going to go a long way, I think. And um, the form table from a certain period sort of suggests will be you know, right at their next season. And I think that'll be the case very much so. Um, you know, a player we've talked about a fair bit on this podcast since he's gone back, or not essentially gone back, he's gone to left centre-back, is uh, Zach Jules, um, of course, taking over from Louis. Um, and the club themselves said he seems to grow every game at the moment. And I feel, you know, Saturday against Swindon, for him was the perfect type of game, really. Um, you know, not only did he have the most touches on the pitch at 115 for the Dons and uh, Swindon, but he also won all of his aerial duels um, and he completed 94 out of 103 passes. And that type of game for him is a really nice settling one. It's kind of a perfect scenario for him. You know, especially for the team, not really going to press the, well, anyone really. Didn't really Swindon didn't really press any of their players. So it gave Jules the time to, you know, pick out his passes be a bit more I suppose, creative and uh, what's the word? I suppose freedom, I guess, freedom on the ball. And it was really nice to see actually. And I, Joe, I know you mentioned out pre-recording that you wanted to speak about him. So I'll pass it over to you about Jules. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we, we all sort of, I don't, I think it's fair to say that we, weren't particularly uh, enamoured with his first few performances at left wing back. We saw glimpses of what what maybe we could expect in terms of his athleticism. Um, but I think now he's actually had a run of, I think, maybe seven, six, seven, eight games. Um, well, we've got five clean sheets in seven. So I think it just goes to show that he's really actually helps out the defence. Um, because, you, you know, Darlin, Lewington and O'Hora, I think they're all good players. But I think one thing that Jules has over them is that recovery pace. He's got that athleticism. He's got that strength as well. I think there was, you know, if you go shoulder to shoulder with him, he's staying up and you're going down. It's simple as that, unless he chucks an EK, mate. But I think that, you know, it's something that we've kind of lacked for a little for a little while is maybe just that bit of physicality at the back. Because um, obviously we've had quite a few good ball players like, you know, Cargill, fairly good on the ball. Regan Paul, pretty good on the ball. Lewington, great on the ball. But unfortunately, Lewington's, he's, you know, he's not going to win a foot race against 90% of the players in the league. Um, so, yeah, really good to have that. And I think with Jules, just one thing you can see right now is the confidence. I remember saying, I think it may have been a Doncaster game when we, you know, he, I think it may have been his first game at, at, in that position. And I was saying how, you know, he didn't look that confident if he was he seemed to be passing sideways or backwards a lot. Or when he was playing forwards, it was perhaps not the best ball. But now we're seeing 
him make surgeon runs forward. We're seeing him play a few long balls. We're seeing him really mix it up. And that's great to see because, you know, we're, we're starting to see different parts of his game. And I think, you know, he, he's, he can only be an asset moving forward. And he's still, what, 24? So, yeah, really, really um, I'm really happy for him, actually, because, you know, I don't think people criticised him as such, but I think people weren't all that excited. They were just like, ah, right, well, yeah, he's done okay at left wing back but now we're, I think we're starting to see what he really can do and it's no surprise it's in actually a position which he can play you know position that he played before and he's doing well and um, yeah I think we spoke before about just just the runner games get people getting used to things and and uh, and especially in a system like this it's it's really beginning to show his qualities yeah it's been a general theme hasn't it really you know taking time of players had a bit of patience and uh you reach the rewards of doing that and um yeah we've definitely seen that with Jules most recently and I suppose another element of where we're seeing reaping the rewards maybe some people say does it really matter but I think that's a negative way of looking at it is how the performances are matching the results recently you know winning with three on the bounce now of course had a little blip at Lincoln um and of course Ipswich really should have won there to be honest if uh, Matt O'Reilly had different shooting boots on um but that's uh you know had, well, 10 points in the last five games, you know, that is kind of where you need to be really in terms of playoff form for next season. So, Ross, it's nice to see that we're hitting our stride at the right time. I've mentioned it in previous episodes when we confirmed our safety. Um, it was always about momentum going into next season. Um, I've, I've said, I've never said that we were going to get playoffs and uh, if I have, it, it's been a, it's been a, a tongue-in-cheek and it's just been a laugh, but overall, as you say, Liam, it's all about um, it's all about the results, and that dressing room is going to be in a high going into next season if we carry on these results. And what's that? Four in a row now, I believe. What in terms of wins? Uh, wins uh, if we win this weekend as well. Oh uh, yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, and that's three clean sheets in a row, I believe, as well. Yes, yeah, so, four, four for weird as well. Yeah, get clean sheet and win. Yeah, so so that it's it's a it's been a perfect couple of weeks uh, recently, and just going back to Jules, I know um, Joe's mentioned pretty much everything in in terms of Jules, but it was just nice to see him having that partnership with um, other players as well. Just just going into obviously next season, um, knowing their their weaknesses and knowing their strengths, strengths and weaknesses. Sorry, and. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really pleasing going into next season. Yeah, definitely. In these next two games, it's Fleetwood and Rochdale. Uh, two prime opportunities also to, you know, really continue this form and keep going. And uh, I'll happily take these games, be as chilled as they are the next couple of weeks as well, heading into next season also. Um, because, yeah, it's uh, nice to see a team win and win convincingly. Okay, well, that that's up our swimming review, really. It was uh, nice and comfortable. Will Grigg breaking records as per usual. Um, and yeah, team was excellent. So long may it continue. And long may it continue into uh, Fleetwood on the road on, uh, on Saturday. And that's where we're heading next after a short little break. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing. So we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. 
Okay, so after a pretty convincing win against Swindon, we head on the road for our final away game of the season, uh, heading up to the ever-present uh, Fleetwood Town to take on the Cod Army. Um, so I'll take you through uh, just a general review on uh, Fleetwood in general. Uh, so the league table at the moment, they sit 15th in the league, uh, 59 points, and the Mighty Dons are five points and six places ahead of them. Uh, home form at uh, the last four games at home for Fleetwood. Uh, they've won one game against Rochdale, uh, so 1 0 win. And they lost the other three, uh, so lost to Crew 2 0, lost to Posh 1 0, and then lost to Swindon 2 0. Um, also, worth a note that Fleetwood have actually only conceded 16 goals at home all season, although five of those, as I just said, have come in the last four games. So maybe their defence is uh, heading on to the uh, beach near Blackpool uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, form for the last eight for Fleetwood. Uh, picked up nine points in the last eight games. Uh, puts him 17th in the uh, form table. And on the contrary, Dons are third in the form table, picking up 16 points from eight games. And only, I believe, Hull and Peterborough, who are both challenging for the uh, league title, are beating that. Manager for Fleetwood at the moment is uh, Simon Grayson. Um, and the last time out for Fleetwood, they got actually battered in midweek against Burton uh, 5-2. Uh, manager Grayson emphasised how he wants his team to learn from the result, which is understandable, I suppose. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll see a different approach from Fleetwood heading into this one. Uh, last time against Fleetwood for ourselves, uh, picked up a 3-1 win at home with uh, Joe's favourite, Joe Mason, getting a hat-trick uh, with uh, Sam Finley grabbing the consolation for the away side at the time, at least. Um, Grayson has set up well, more recently anyway uh, set up his Fleetwood side in a 4-3-3 or, or a 3-5-2 um, which hasn't really been any consistency with it it's kind of just what he's been feeling um, and these formations have seen moderate success for Fleetwood so he's picked up uh, 10 points from 8 games using the 4-3-3 and then 17 points from 12 and the 3-5-2 and if you want to exclude a Tuesday game for Fleetwood you know the the Cod Army do not really don't really score many goals. They score one point one three goals per game, and they don't concede many either. They concede less than a goal a game at zero point seven two. So Saturday could be quite a tightly contested game, with uh, especially with the Dons as well, who've got three clean sheets that Ross, Ross mentioned earlier, and who are aiming for a fourth. Uh, so Ross, we've kind of given a brief overview of Fleetwood there. Uh, give us some key players focusing on on Saturday. Yeah, I've. Um... I've mentioned two players. Well, I've got two players uh, on my notes. And one of them, um, I believe, took a little collision against Burton on Tuesday and uh, got took off just before half-time. I haven't seen any update on it uh, so far. But um, it's Callum Camps. Um, he's arguably Fleetwood's best player um, this season with um, nine goals and two assists. And I believe he has a different dimension to the uh, Fleetwood's attack. Um, he can certainly strike a ball, um, but he's, he's a bit like um, a creative hub for the team. Um, he likes to offload the ball to the wings. And he can pick pick a pass through the middle to Vassell if needed. Um, and the other player I wanted to touch upon was Kyle Vassell. I think you've mentioned it there, Liam. The reason why they're sitting in 15th is because they're not taking the chances. And I've looked at Kyle uh, Vassell's... Um, missed chances this season and he's missed eight big chances and maybe it uh, reflects where uh, Fleetwood are in the table and they're just not ruthless up, enough up top. Um, but let's hope that carries on this weekend against us. 
yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. You know, the stats sort of say it themselves, really, in terms of how they perform this season. And of course, your notes on Vassell echo that as well. Um, so, Joe, obviously, me and Ross have gave you some general overview and some key players to watch out for. What are your thoughts heading into Saturday, travelling up north of Fleetwood? Yeah, it's a weird one with Fleetwood because I think that they do actually have quite a few good players. Um, and when when it when it, when the game was at our place, we were three 0 up, and they really did throw quite a lot of us in the second half. And um, I think Russ mentioned it in his press conference today. It was a bit of chaos. And um, but two players I wanted to mention there, not, not um, attacking players, but Jordan Roster. I think he's um, ex Liverpool um, uh, youngster. Actually played for Liverpool a few times, and um, he's I think he's got real potential. He's still still quite young, um, but he's a real horrible sort of nitty-gritty midfielder that's going to fly into challenges. And I think he'll be his job will be to keep Fraser and um, O'Reilly quiet. So I think if he has a good game, then we could uh, maybe struggle to create. Um, also, another shout-out for Alex Cairns, their goalkeeper. I think he's been there a few years now. And um, this season, in, in 26 games, he's got 10 clean sheets. So a pretty decent record. And, um, yeah, I, I think, as you mentioned, they've, they're pretty solid defensively. And they don't score many going forward. So, uh, incoming five goal thriller, I think, at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works usually, isn't it, Joe? So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happens. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Cairns is a credit to that um, low conceding ratio and, of course, the clean sheets echo that. So, yeah, yeah, I have to be, I'm not expecting a uh, thriller on Saturday, but uh, who knows, could be surprised. Um, let's transition into some predicted starting 11s for Don's perspective. Um, so Ross, what's your starting eleven looking like heading up to Fleetwood on Saturday? Yeah, so um, I've gone with Fisher in goal, and then uh, the usual back three in Louis, Darling, and uh, Jules. And then for the wing backs, I've gone with um, Led and Sorinola. Obviously, we we haven't had any update on Harvey or um, any others as of yet. Um, and then I've gone with Sermon and Kasumu. Could easily be Josh McEachran. Um, I think this is where Russ would, um, it's just 50 50 as such. And um, yeah, I've gone with Sermon and Kasumi. And then um, ahead of them in the box, I've gone with Matt O'Reilly and Fraser. And then I'm hoping uh, Greg can carry on the form which he set off at um, against Swindon, sorry, um, going into this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking fairly similar. Um, I have gone for McEachran over Sermon in my lineup, but that's the only change from yours. It kind of picks itself after a 5 0 win, doesn't it? You know, you can't only drop Greg after he scores four goals. The two behind him and O'Reilly and Fraser were excellent, and everyone else didn't really put a foot wrong. So, um, yeah, it'd be harsh to drop anyone. Um, I just feel that because Josh got the full rest um, against Swindon, he could come in here. But a full week's rest, um, you know, any I think all eleven could start fairly easily, as you mentioned, and uh, yeah, hopefully put another good performance. So, Joe, what's your starting eleven looking like? Is it fairly similar to uh, Ross's or mine? Yeah, I mean, I think that the back five and Fish, it's pretty much you can't pick anyone else because, well, they're injured or we don't have, you know, we don't necessarily have the depth at the moment. So, I think that the, the only questions is um, who's who's going to sit in that in the pivot? Is it going to be out of is two from three for in my mind. It's Kasumu, McEachran, and Sermon. And uh, I've gone with you, Liam. I've gone for McEachran. I think Sermon started the last one. So I'm just going by 
just if, if he's going for a you know like a, in the old days of the Afobi Grig you know just rotating those uh, those players in in that pivot there um, O'Reilly Fraser yeah brilliant they both just I think I think um, Toby Lock mentioned that O'Reilly's actually played every game since he's since he's been here. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's really quite something. And then I mean, you're not going to drop Walker, are you? I mean, but then again, you know, who knows? It's the end of the season. We could see, yeah, uh, who knows? We could we could see some so a, f- a few players given a run out, a few players given a chance. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's a literal coin flip between Seven and Makekro at this point. You know, either of them could Definitely. start. Uh, obviously, Kaz will start because Kaz is Kaz at the end of the day. He's so super good. Um, and yeah, and I'll be banging. I'll keep banging for Charlie Brown, uh, but I can't. I can't not start Greg after four goals. I mean, that's especially he got brought off early as well. So yeah, I think he'd definitely be playing against Fleetwood. Okay, uh, we'll we'll sort of round off of our predictions as far as in terms of score wise. Um, Joe, obviously, you know, we agree on lineups. Do we agree on a scoreline in terms of what you've got? I'm going for a continue to the clean sheets and I'm going for a narrow 1-0 victory. Um, I just think that, you know, we, we've said that Fleetwood don't score many. They don't concede many. I think that they're going to try and keep it tight. Um, and, you know, they have got weapons to hurt us, but I think we've been much more assured at the back lately. Um and I think we'll be able to nick a goal. So uh, I'm predicting a 1-0, but cure 4-3. Yeah, I'll go 1-0 as well. Um, I'm sorry. I think it's a boring, boring game. Uh, it's not exactly going to... I'm not good. I'm not a salesperson for I follow for this one because, um, yeah, I don't think I'll be selling many uh, sort of passes, I suppose. But, yeah, listen, uh, both two pretty solid defences at the moment who, well, Fleetwood have been all season and we've recently picked up on that end of the pitch and uh, yeah so it'd be a bit better quality up front as Ross highlighted regarding of a sale with Nerf Fleetwood in general so yeah I think I think a 1-0 for Dons makes sense uh, so Ross what's your, what's your score prediction looking like if you got us getting another clean sheet let's keep complete the hat trick yeah four in a row um, four clean sheets in a row and four wins in a row hopefully so I've gone with a 2-0 uh, Dons victory yeah nice uh, who's got scored second guard of interest oh um Griggy Brace. Oh, nice, I like it. He looks scoring for him. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Charlie, but you know, maybe he comes on. Who knows? Um, okay. Well, that kind of rounds off the latest episode of the MP1 podcast. Uh, thank you, Rich, for listening as always. Uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, um, keep an eye on the socials early next week. We will put out something regarding the awards show to get you guys involved. So um, you keep an eye out for that. And um, until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is... AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. 
all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.